Welcome to the Lock Boss Show. I am your host, PJ Slauson. Now, this show is dedicated to all the lock bosses that want to learn and want to grow. But guess what? We also want you to win. And in order for you to do that, you need to join us every live YouTube giveaway. All you need to do is go over to YouTube, type in CLK Supplies, or use the hashtag LockBoss, or even better, in the show notes, just click on the link, it'll take you right there. Watch any of our current videos and you'll see exactly how you can join the fun for free, and together we will learn, grow, and win. here with CLK Supplies, and I'm really excited to introduce you to our guest today. His name is Jeff Moss, aka Moss Man, and I'm really excited to have him tell his story about how he got into locksmithing. So let me go ahead and bring him in here. Moss Man, Jeff, how's it going? Good. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So, you know, we've been uh, doing a lot of stories lately, um, talking about how different um, locksmiths have become locksmiths. And I'm really excited to share your story today and learn even more than I currently know. So if you could, just if you can just start us off, like where are you located in the country and what were you doing before you became a locksmith? So I'm in beautiful Cleveland, Ohio. Um, before I was a locksmith, I worked in IT for six years at two different companies. Uh, and then you know, in high school, I worked at a drugstore and two different hardware stores, which is sort of how it all got started. Um, working at a hardware store, you know, never thought about keys before, but when you start cutting keys, you get interested in how they work and things. Um, the first place I worked, I, you know, can you show me how to rekey a lock? And uh, he, he didn't want to for whatever reason, like 16 years old. And I left that place, went to go work at another store. Uh, he showed me how to rekey quick set locks and you know, 15 years later, they refer us to people every day to where I work. So, yeah. you know, it all works out. You show somebody, you give them a, an opportunity to, to learn how something functions. And, you know, so that's, I've always been mechanical since I was a little kid. Uh, my uncle was a plumber for many years. I always had tools since I was, you know, since I could walk, you know, my first tool toys were plastic tools and then real tools. So I've always been, you know, nothing was safe from being taken apart when I was a kid. Although I have gotten better. Normally I don't have as many screws left over when I'm done. Okay. <laughs> Unless it's, you, uh, you know, maybe on a Honda ignition, you know, we might have a couple things left out, but. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So um, I'm really curious, like, so you were in IT before becoming a locksmith and we've had, um, you know, Don on and um, others in, in the comments, even on that video, there is a lot, there's a, a decent amount of people that have transitioned from IT to locksmithing. And I find it kind of weird, you know, like, like I don't find it, I don't expect it, I guess was a better mm -hmm. word. Like, do you have any gut feelings as to well, why? I can explain my journey. So besides the hardware store thing, I worked in my college student union and, you know, I had never paid attention or known necessarily what a best key was before you know, we had best keys for the building, master key system, all that stuff. And it sort of interested me. How does it all work? You know, what's this figure eight business? I see all these, the same core and all these different types of things. You know, I start looking at stuff one night 
I discovered some lock picking channels on YouTube, and this was probably 2009 or 10. So okay. the lock sport thing was really just getting started. You know, I ordered a set of picks online, went to Walmart, and bought the nicest $5 master padlock clone they had. Uh, you know, picked it open, whatever. Bought locks here and there while I was in school. Got some old stuff, you know, from campus, whatever, things they didn't need. Um, discovered that I was better at taking them apart than I was picking them. Started collecting when I came home from college and got my first job, you know, working in IT for a manufacturing company. So I was around tools and things like that. And I was able to get, you know, some custom stuff made that, you know, you wouldn't have been able to afford a, a cylinder wrench for best. You know, I have it here. A guy made it for me, you know, stuff like that. Um, so I think, so the lock sport thing, I got into all the forums, all the different stuff. Um, almost everybody that I've met in lock sport is related, is into InfoSec, information security because you have to keep your physical stuff and your electronics and your, and all that stuff safe. Cause if somebody can get in and get into your circle, they can, you know, my high school uh, Cisco networking teacher, you know, was said, you know, everybody learns how to reset a password on a router. You know, you have to have physical access to that thing to hit the button, you know, whatever, but if they can't get in, you know, so that sort of thing, I think it's, you know, all the different, you know, different levels of security, you know, somebody can't just walk in your building and plug something into your network. And, you know, you hear things like that, people that do uh, consulting and they're sent into a place to try to get in and they, you know, so I think that really, you know, goes along with it. Um, you know, something as simple as keeping your server room on its own standalone system that uh, nobody has a master key for unless it's mm -hmm. an emergency, you know, and you see, you know, we do, you know, things with different institutions where there's various layers of, of master keying. And so, yeah, I think it, you know, having been at, you know, I joined a local lock sport group and I help run the meetings and stuff. We haven't done much lately, but we've presented at some local, you know, I, I don't do it with my locksmith hat on per se. Um, but we're, we're showing people how the stuff works. I get it. I show it from that angle, not here's how to break into things. You know, rule number one, we explain, you know, you don't pick anything you don't own. You don't pick anything that you rely on because you will break it, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. And, you know, there's, I've met a lot of interesting people that are way better at picking locks than I am, even though I work with them all day. You know, there's a lot of people that, oh, I can pick locks. I want to be a locksmith. Well, realistically, that's a very small part, even with me just in the shop. I could go a couple of days without having to pick anything. You know, there's so many other things that we do. Even our guys in the field don't do a ton of lockouts. They're doing hardware installations and cameras and card access and things like that. So, yeah, it's important. But if you come from the IT background of troubleshooting, customer service, problem solving, um, that I think those types of skills come along are, are very helpful, you know, and critical doing what I do. You know, we have a retail counter. I'm dealing with people all day. I'm trying to solve their problems. I'm trying to figure out what they need. You know, sometimes all I have is a drawing on the back of a napkin. It's much uh -huh. better with camera phones, but it's the same thing with IT. You're trying to diagnose their issue over the phone. You can't necessarily see it. Sometimes you can walk over to the next office and, and figure out what the problem is. But at the okay. end of the day, it's, you know, 
helping the customer. And that's, you know, that's key, pun intended. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. So, you know, I'm, I'm curious on your perspective. So tell me if I, I if I'm getting this right. So you were an IT, mm-hmm. you became interested in locks, then you started doing some lock sports stuff, and then eventually transitioned into being a locksmith. Yes. So I want to pause for a minute and talk about an issue that doesn't get talked about too much, but I think it'd be really fun to kind of get your perspective. And that is with like the lock sport community and then the locksmithing community, um, you know, over the years, there's been a lot of uh, um, kind of tension between, you know, the two groups. Uh And as I think there's a lot of ways to look at it. But I'm really curious, at, from your perspective, being a part of the lock sport community, which actually brought you into locksmithing, what do you what do you feel the proper way to view uh, from being a locksmith? How how should you be viewing the lock sport community? It's hard to say. You know, on one hand, I never went into any locksmiths and said, "Hi, I pick locks and I want to buy locks." I always said, "I'm a collector," because that's more of what I was interested in. I'm a collector, and I'm trying to you know get blanks for these locks or trying to refurbish stuff or whatever the case is. And I bought parts from the shop that I work at in the past and, and, you know, little things here and there. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I don't, we've had very few people ever come in and ask for that kind of stuff. I mean, we sell blanks, we sell pins to, you know, whatever we won't sell the tools, but we'll sell everything else. I think it, it really depends where you are. You know, if you, if you just walking off the street and say, I want to buy locks to pick them, we're probably going to look at you a little funny, um, you know, but if you just come in and buy a padlock and then eventually you, you know, if you get to know the people and things like that, it's a little different. Um, I will say that on the other side that a lot of the lock sport community has found vulnerabilities and bypasses in, in things that I is making other things more um, secure in a way, you know, they're, they're finding issues that the manufacturer hasn't found. And you see that with different things. Um, so the 3d printed PSA keys, stuff like that. Like, I think that's really cool, but at the same time, I don't want that stuff getting into the wrong hands. You know, we sure. use, I use bump keys on the bench when I have to, you know, but I would never sell them to anybody. You know, yeah. there are, you have to be responsible in what do, um, you know, it, it's certainly, you know, there's a lot of ethics and responsibility that come with any profession, but when you're, my job is to help people feel secure in their homes and their businesses. So it, there is definitely uh, a balancing act. Definitely. You know, from my perspective, I've always viewed lock sport, uh, the lock sport community as like looking at locks and keys, that sort of thing as like puzzles That's, almost. Yep. That's exactly right. How it is. And it's a completely different perspective than what a, you know, um, security professional or locksmith would look at that same lock, you know, as. And I think that's kind of like the, I think they complement each other a lot um, in a lot of ways, as far as um, it's good to kind of look at it as a puzzle. And a lot of us, like now as a locksmith, I mean, well, maybe not necessarily you, but a lot of locksmiths, when they see a lock that they got to open, it's a task, right? That's associated with a dollar amount and time. And so, you know, you're hurrying, just trying to get, get it done where lock sport is like, how exactly is this made and where are their vulnerabilities, you know, are the vulnerabilities. And 
how can I attack this and all these other fun things, For right? Sure. And when, when I got a rekey 12 locks and they don't have keys, I'm not going to sit, you know, maybe I'll try to pick it, but I can also take the lock apart from the back. Like I know how to do other things that I wouldn't have known. You're just focusing on the cylinder and the keys, but it is a puzzle and, you know, trying to get it all back together and, and yep. figuring out how did they design this? Cause if they made it, it's got to come apart somehow. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think the other interesting part to me with this, and so I've met quite a few people that got kind of introduced to locksmithing per se from the the, the locksport community. Right. And I think it's a very great way to bring the thought process into locksmith. For example, okay, you're at someone's home and they want to make sure that door is secure. Right. Well, since you uh, from being in the locksmith community, I've had a lot of um, time to really think about like, okay, how can we manipulate this lock, all this other stuff. It really gives you a um, advantage in a lot of ways as far as like, okay, if I need to secure this door, how do I want to do it? What vulnerabilities do I want to make sure don't happen? Um, you know, the lock to put on all that, that other stuff. So I think it's one of the best avenues into the locksmithing um, yeah. community. Of course, there is the downside, right? Like someone without ethics wanting to do bad. There is that side of it. I don't think it, we should, you know, completely just throw that off to the side. There is something there. But um, as time, as the years have went on, as the lock sport community has grown, um, so many of our customers that I've met started off lock um, in the lock sport community, which yeah. I think is kind of cool. You know, I mean, I talk about how there's not really a path to get into the locksmithing business, right? There's not like a national wide apprentice program, but the lock smart community actually has a pretty decent path into locksmithing. So that's kind of, yeah. kind of neat. And I, you know, the way I got into this, where I work now, uh, my mom was working for somebody and doing property management and stuff. And the owner who she, the person she worked for, you know, knew that I was interested and said, if Jeff is ever interested in getting a job there, I'll put in a good word with Jeff, the owner, who I sort of knew from going in there. And, you know, I know a lot of people that use them because they've been around for almost 60 years. They have a good reputation. So I, and I had been in there and I sort of knew who he was, but I made the call one day and I still have the voicemail, you know, that from 2017, when he first called me back or whatever, and you know. They gave me a chance and it's something different every day, which is what I like. You know, it's a small family owned business and, you know, even, you know, we are able to do some pretty big stuff locally that a lot of other companies don't want to do. So it, it's, you know, it gives you a lot of pride to drive by a place and be like, yeah, we, we do all their security and I've, you know, I've cut keys for this place and I've done work for this guy and, you know, it, it it's pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Good stuff, Jeff. Um, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, but it is hard. You know, you were you were born into the trade, so, mm-hmm. um, and the guys that I work with work for also. Their dad started it again. They grew up. They were cutting keys when they were ten years old. Yeah. So, um, and they have other siblings that didn't go into the business, but it is one of those things. You know, if you want to be an electrician, there's a clear cut path. If you want to be a plumber, there's a path. Yep. In the IT stuff, I, you know, I did a technical ed program in my last two years of high school that was, you know, geared to, okay, you're learning. These are some of the basic IT things, you know, and then you can continue it in college because you got to have a degree to do that in yep. most cases. 
you know, you don't need to have a college degree to be in the trades. And in a lot of cases, you know, my high school and many others, they're still not pushing the trades, but there's people that never went to college, even that I went to high school with that are doing just fine. I have a friend who works for one of the cities. He's been there like 15 years, tried community college for a little bit, tried, you know, we got into automotive and stuff, but you know, the government benefits and all that. I mean, you really can't beat that. And sure. obviously works very hard, but you know, didn't have to go to college, but I think some mm-hmm. of it helps, you know, it, the other skills that aren't necessarily tied to the career. Um, yeah. You know, you wonder why you're studying it then, but then you sort of realize it one day, like, oh, that stuff actually is helpful. So, Absolutely. Because at the end of the day, you're still dealing with people and you can't, <laughs> unless you're in a, you know, I call it where my one buddy works in like a closed door shop where people aren't coming in all day. So you can just, you know, get things out like an assembly line, you know, that's what most of my time is doing is helping people and then cutting keys. You know, it's like, yeah, figure out what the problem is and then you can, you know, and that is a lot of it. It's like, okay, just tell me what you need, but you have to realize that, you know, they don't know the terminology. They don't know the industry. You know, sometimes they don't even know what they're asking for. Um, mm-hmm. that certainly makes it, I'm sure you deal with it on the phone. People don't always know what part there is. And sure. I'm sure we drive our distributors crazy at times too. Um, so what, what would you say? So transitioning into being a locksmith now, like what are some, if for guys out there who want to pick up more business or make good connections in their community, do you have any like tips or tricks of what, um, you know, some strategies that you've seen or that you guys use that you yeah, maybe would be beneficial? Most of it is just word of mouth. You know, they used to sponsor a softball team or a boys baseball team locally, which doesn't exist anymore. I think for us, it's just longevity. We've been in the same location for 30 years and they were in another location for 30 years before that. Um, we're like the anchor of the shopping center where we're located. So they don't really have to advertise much because people, everybody, oh, I've been coming here for 20, 30 years. You know, I know you guys do it right and never have an issue kind of thing. Um, yeah. You know, there's people that focus on specific vertical markets, I guess, like, you know, they want to get into every apartment building in the city. So they go to like, you know, uh, whatever the apartment association to market their kind of stuff. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not involved in that per se. It's just, you know, okay, we're open. People are coming in. Sure. Now, um, let's talk for a minute about like relationships with um, like local um, hardware stores in your area as far as um, keys to be cut that aren't, you know, that they don't have like every day. I mean, it's every day. The store that I used to work at sends people to us. We're located behind a Home Depot. So we're getting, you know, they send people to us for very stupid things sometimes, but, you know. Uh, I don't think they have somebody that rekey locks there anymore. Somebody was complaining like, okay, we'll do it. You know? Okay. Um, yeah. The hard, there's a few local hardware stores and they're always sending people to us. Uh-huh. So yeah, I think it's good, you know, to become friendly. Like so many times it's like, uh, 
the it's easy to want to view like a hardware store as like competition because they also sell KW1s and SC1s. Right, and they sell but, hardware too, but it's not the same yep. hardware in most cases. You know, yep. it's like a quick set smart key or a quick set 400 with a plastic spindle. So it, yeah, there is a difference on some things. You know, you want 12 padlocks key to like, they're not going to have that on the shelf. Exactly. Or at the same time, like if they need like a, a Mobella boat key or like a scooter right. key, those are those are like the high profit, good margin products sure. that the locksmith can make a ton of money on and then not just, you know, the KW1s or SC1s, right. right? I mean, you can essentially get those anywhere, right. you but know. We but we do cut a lot of KW1s and SC1s and, you know, we get blanks in bulk and we go through them. I mean, I just cut sure. 600 master padlock keys for a snowplow company different you know three different keys 200 of each cut and stamped and then some other pre-cuts that we get from blue dog and you know every year they order stuff because they do snow snow removal all around the city and they give their employees keys and you know it's repeat business because they know we can do it yep absolutely good stuff well jeff hey thank you so much for coming on and kind of talking about your story and honestly Thank you for being yeah. a locksmith. You know, thank you for transitioning from IT to lock sport to locksmithing. I so, enjoy it. <laughs> for sure. And I also appreciate the, the business that you give us as yeah. well. So thank you for that. Absolutely. You guys always come through. I've never had an issue. You, know, you have some unique products and you always take care of your customers. And, you know, the giveaways don't hurt either. I use the pin kit almost every day. Uh, the A2 pin kit. It's nice to have a an additional kit in the shop. So I use it all the time. Good stuff. Yeah. Great to hear. You know, that's part of one of our things with the giveaway stuff that we give away. Like we really want the stuff to be used and, you know, good stuff, not just something that doesn't really matter. So great to hear it's being used. That's good yeah. stuff. I forgot to put my lock boss hat on though. <laughs> but I, oh yeah. <laughs> I was wearing it the other day. Good. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. Well, hey, and then hopefully, I mean, how would you feel about coming on live here um, when after this video airs? Uh, depending on when, you could probably do something. I can't do today, but uh, yes, we could set something up. Okay, yes. What I'll do as soon as um, we have it in the schedule, we'll okay. uh, get you. Uh, we'll uh, make sure we can get a Tuesday that works for both of us. It'd be fun to have okay. you on. Yeah. So my, I do have a question for you, and I'm, you may have answered it before, but. Did you go right into working for your dad after school or did you do something else first? Um, yeah. So, uh, great question. You know, so something that I, I think I've hit on a few times is, you know, I worked for my dad for, you know, my entire life. But when I turned, so I, I worked during the day, starting at, um, 13, I worked, um, during the day for him. And then I worked at a golf course at night, picking up range balls, you know, in the golf cart. Mm -hmm. And next thing you know, I turned 15 and, you know, my dad is paying me $10 a day because he said that was all I was worth, you know, so go, go figure, right? And um, I was like, well, that minimum wage is like $5.15 an hour. And if you're not going to pay me $5.15, I'm going to go get another job. And he's like, see ya, right? And off I went. And one of my football coaches my uh, was uh, worked at Burger King. And so I got a job at Burger King and I worked there for, I can't remember exactly how long, year or two. 
And then I eventually was like, Hey dad, man, can I come back, you know, for minimum wage? And so he eventually had me come back and uh, it was a good lesson to work for someone during the day, you know, other than him. And then, um, turned 18. Um, I actually, uh, did an internship. I thought I might want to be a pastor and did that ended up not really liking, um, one didn't really want to do that. And that's when I started at, you know, 19, um, I was like, I want to be a distributor, you know, and, uh, went into that blind. So yeah, good stuff, Jeff. Well, Hey, thank, thank you so you for, much for yeah. coming on, hanging out, um, talking about some different things. Like I said, I'm really happy you're a locksmith and I know you're active in a lot of, uh, uh community or forums. Yeah. Um, well, I'm a member of ClearStar, which is invaluable. I'm a member of the Penn Ohio Locksmiths Association, which is our local slash regional association. And there's some Facebook groups and lock collecting, uh, American Lock Collectors Association. They have shows. I haven't had them lately, but that's a really cool way to get to meet people and see their collections. Uh, and there's some amazing stuff out there. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I've noticed, I've seen different your posts over the years and, you know, you're always willing to help and yeah, uh, right. people out. And that's really awesome. <laughs> I try to. There's some, you know, what kind of key is this? And it's a Y11. Those posts get old, but <laughs> yeah. you know, still try to help them out. Absolutely, Jeff. All right. Well, hey, thanks again. Take Thank care. You. And we'll be uh, talking soon. Great. Appreciate it.